Welcome to the Eurovision Division podcast. This is a podcast where we listen to all 42 songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest before this year's Eurovision Song Contest. As always, I'm your host, Jeroen, and with me is my lovely co-host... Mira! That's the my name! concept of this show, for those who are new to the show, which I have to assume someone is, because, y- you know... We uh, keep getting new listeners. People have to be new to the show sometimes. Inexplicably, people do listen to this and (laughs) and like people hear the show and they don't get to like this point where I'm explaining the show and then say you know this isn't for me they decide to listen past this point insane and and if you're one of the people who are listening past this point hi hi welcome as as the host of the show uh, I am the one who has listened to most of these songs I mean all of these songs uh, at least once before usually you're really the Mark Maron of Eurovision. And you are um, the person who gets to hear these songs for the first time and right. tell me what like their first impression is. Now, we started this year off with an unorthodox choice by, you know, just seeing what, what, what kind of material would come up if we were to just listen uh, to a bunch of songs straight off the bat and, and just witness this together, the discovery of a new song. Yeah, I mean, it's also because we started a bit earlier this year, because last year it became such a stressful thing to be done in time, because you were like, no, I want to wait until all the songs are released before we start recording, but then it was already April, and like I had five nervous breakdowns <laughs> over the course of recording. Yes. Um, which is why we've started earlier, because I don't think there's um, necessarily any reason to wait until everything is released. Sure, at this point, we barely know what the Eurovision lineup really looks like. We still have most of the songs to go, so it's it's tricky to gauge like uh, what, what what it's going to be, and it's hard to know, like, should I be excited about this year's Eurovision or not? But You're always excited about Eurovision. At some point, Like, yes. even if the songs aren't good, you'll still be excited about Eurovision. Well, you see, you get the freaks like me, you, your two, or moi, vous, uh, who Monsters follow it like me. at this time of the year. Um, but to most people, it's still only like an event that takes place in May. Yeah, sure. And most people don't hear any of the songs until then, except for maybe uh, their own country's song. Right. We don't have a song yet. We do not have a song yet, but... Um, Belgium. We're from Belgium. We've, we, Belgium, uh, have not gotten our song yet. That is happening later in the week. But sometimes some news does make it through about a country that is pick their artist or their song. Especially if there's a controversy of sorts. For some reason, it does make it through to, to, to us sometimes. I'd like to talk about one that the mainstream media picked up. Wow, I don't know which one this is because maybe I don't follow mainstream media enough. I'm pretty sure you do because you've told me that you saw news that France had selected their artist. But this has been a few weeks ago now. Yeah, I completely forgot about so, this. I, I don't remember it now. That's perfect. Then uh, you're, you're, uh, you're still uh, a blank slate. Uh, as Taylor Swift said. Wait, what? Blank space. Is blank song. space. I don't fucking like Taylor Swift. What? This is um, another thing. Is as far as music goes in general and like popular music... Our frame of reference, both yours and mine, is not 
of of the popular radio. We are not up to date. Yeah, so we like Carly Rae Jepsen, Kate Bush, and David Byrne, and that's kind of it. That is that, that does run the gamut. You uh, like Marina and the Diamonds. I um, like them when I hear them, but I don't listen to them exactly. by myself. Um, oh no! Wait! 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 Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper, of course, but that's a given. That's a given. This has been a year so far of strange national selections uh, in that there have been a lot of instances where the juries and the televotes uh, in a country disagreed strongly about who uh, they put in first. Now you gotta tell me, is the jury problem the same everywhere? Because what we saw last episode of the podcast in Germany was that the jury did just go for the blandest nothingest pop song and you would kind of hope that the music professionals jury would go for like the good music in order to give it the push that the televote won't give it yeah it's very strange instead of to see to often see that the televote actually would go for the riskier entries and and the safe songs are rescued by by juries in in like the the most the most insane thing that happened uh, during last year's Eurovision was Benjamin Ingrosso uh, from Sweden flopping tremendously with a televote, but yeah. coming in very, very high with the jury vote and then getting, I think, 25 televote points, maybe? And we saw in Germany as well that, yeah, the, the three juries each put something different on top. So taste differs, uh, and it, it differs whether you have an international jury or a, a local jury of quote-unquote experts, like that all has its effect. And sometimes the jury will, you know, put, put an act somewhere midway up the table that has uh, a lot of people support because they are well-known. Right. So sometimes, even if, even if uh, an act is, is not ranked tremendously well by the juries, uh, the televote will still just, like, catapult them to the top. Uh, what we like to call the Michal Spack effect. Oh, man, but, you know, he was just so good. And we, we really dunked on him so hard, and then he was just so good. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I still feel so guilty about dunking on him. Uh-huh, I agree. Because he delivered more than anyone else. So the song we're talking about today is an instance where the uh, televote decided pretty much like what was was um, inescapable. The televote made the decision because with a whopping 150 points from the televote, which is 90 more than second place got. Holy dang it. Yeah, this, um, this act who came fifth with the international juries, was clearly very popular with the local public. Um, And why is that? That is because Bilal Hassani, the representative for France, um, is is sort of a YouTube celebrity. I had already forgotten that we were talking about France. That happens every episode. It's fine. Bilal Hassani, yes. And there was uh, Haysa about it because he's gay. No. Uh, Bilal Hassan uh, is he gay and racist, or is he just like flamboyant? Bilal Hassani uh, is a queer uh, Moroccan YouTuber. Cool. 
Yeah, and his whole vibe is very much to do with that. He has been named uh, one of the most influential people in France for LGBT youth uh, by magazines recently. Really? Um, because his YouTube channel is, is quite popular. And now he has participated in Destination Eurovision and won it with tremendous local support. Um, it remains to be seen if that translates itself uh, to the international public. We uh, are not familiar with him and his work, uh, and most people will not be. It's French. But maybe like that that social media charisma, which is so important nowadays, apparently. God, yeah, apparently, God. Maybe that'll me. translate to uh, the wider international playing field. We don't know. What, what we have to judge, though, is Bilal Hassani's winning song called Roi. Ooh, king. Which is indeed the French word for king. This song is partially in French, partially in English, as uh, has become sort of a tradition, except for last year when they did Merci, uh, or Mercy, actually, I mean... Was it way, Mercy? No, it was Merci. It was Merci, uh, but it wasn't Merci like thank you. Um, merci. Merci came merci. in... 13th, which is just like straight down the middle of the scoreboard, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, and that technically makes sense. It, it makes sense because it, even in our relationship, it's middling because you liked it a lot and I did not like it. And it, I yeah. Think I think it's a quite, quite a good song, um, but I get why it was like middle middle of the board rather than top or, or, or bottom. Um, and speaking of Madame Monsieur, uh, they actually co-wrote this song. So oh. they have a songwriting credit on Roi as well. Okay. Um, I think that uh, is, is all of the preamble I should give you because I don't want to influence you anymore. But yeah, no more ambling. But I think that's, that's what you need to kind of know. I usually give you a little bit of context. Um, I, never much more than like the local commentator would. And I think that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Except what I tell you is always more in-depth than what any local commentator would tell you. And yeah, I'm supposed to be like the man on the street, but still like a little bit better. And it's it's so stupid because you're a woman and we're inside. <laughs> Without any further adieu, uh, let's listen to the French entry for Eurovision 2019. This is Bilal Hassani and his song... Quand je rêve, je suis un roi I'm not a rich, but I'm shiny bright I can't see my kingdom now Quand je rêve, je suis un roi And I know, oh, 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 even though, oh, oh, oh You try to take me down, you cannot break me, nah, nah Toutes ces fois, fais comme si, fais comme ça Moi je n'ai qu'à la part, you will never Other songs this year that are out already are just directly lifted from the terrible movie The Greatest Showman. Huh? How many more? How many more songs? My knee-jerk reaction to being reminded of The Greatest Showman is I hate it, I hate it, I hate it so much. Like when I was in the movie theater watching The Greatest Showman. <laughs> but it's fine. This song is alright. This dude has an all right voice. He has a pretty good look. Mm -hmm. I was I'm into like the the straight hair glasses. It's kind of like 
Yeah, like a good white girl aesthetic, but made super queer and not white, which I'm like really into. I'm like really into that look. The song is, it's just another one of those songs. It's just another one of those songs. Right. And it's like, yeah, the message is positive, so I can't critique the message of it. Yeah. But something I've been thinking a lot about, it's not really more valuable to direct a song about your pride to people who won't accept your pride. Mm-hmm. It's like, you won't, you won't change me because I don't want to change. Right. And that's your message. So you're speaking to uh-huh. the people who are already like not going to accept you yeah. instead of directing your song to the people who are in the same boat as you are okay no that's a that's a really interesting point the the idea of like being in a um a minority group of of whichever kind um and singing the the like you you, you don't world, accept me the you the world song is yeah I think an empowering song is more empowering when it's directing when it is directed toward the people it is empowering. And do we have any like actual examples of this? I do, but you're gonna laugh at me because it's David Byrne. Sure, I mean we've established that that's your music. That yeah, David Byrne is like my dad, <laughs> my my dad God. Sure. Um, and the way that he writes music is completely from an outsider perspective, not an, an LGBTQ perspective, but a neurodivergent perspective. He has Asperger's yeah, yeah. and the way that he writes songs and the lyrics of those songs are very much relatable to people who are neurodivergent mm-hmm. Um and they come from that perspective and they don't specifically say, hey, um, neurotypical people, accept me for who I am. They say, hey, doesn't it suck when everyone's just coming to your house and they're in your house and they won't leave, but you also invited them to your house to have like a normal evening of people in your house, but now everyone's in your house. Yeah, but yeah. He, his, yeah, David, David Byrne's <laughs> idea is, is the house as a, as a place is also a mental state. I, I'm going to make a compilation of every time David Byrne says house in some of his so- in every but, one but of like, his songs. You know, like, regardless of the fact that... This and is Psycho Killer is also like, yeah. I don't understand the way that normal people act. Sure, yeah. And, and that's not like really related to this song, but it's... It's an example of an artist who sings from an outsider's perspe- perspective, not to people no, who are yeah, on the it's, inside. But it's, it's an overall interesting thing um, about you know queer narratives in general that they are often um, either for the straight audience to uh, to to show how open minded they are about watching a queer narrative and being like, this is like a story about people. Great. Let's talk about um, the queer narrative at Eurovision for a second. Because we had last year, we had Ryan O'Shaughnessy for Ireland perform together with the two male dancers. Right. And that was making some sort of statement about marriage equality and gay rights and all of that. Um, And it worked, did very well. Um, 
But then on the other hand, we had, you know, a, a, a Sara Alto, uh, an a actual queer, queer, queer woman, not a straight guy on a guitar, um, singing for all intents and purposes, a kind of, a kind of a, a song that was an obvious metaphor about, you know, the demons, the monsters in the closet, like all of that. Yeah, it's BuzzFeed allyship. Sure. It's, um, like, try showing you're an ally only in the most, um, visible of ways, mm -hmm. the most direct of ways, like... I have two dudes dancing with each other and making out on stage while singing about love. This is a direct thing. And it's very visible. And if you put that in, on your Facebook feed or if you, like, put that on your Instagram, then everyone will see immediately that you're, like, into gay marriage. Yeah, and then we have... But it's... Yeah. But it's... That's easy allyship. Allyship that isn't easy is really placing yourself into um, the queer narrative, really trying to get sure. the queer narrative, and understanding that what Sarah Alto did was more interesting. That's, that's harder. That's, that's not as easy. Well, because what she did was play into deliberate queer aesthetics a lot also. And I, and I get it, because it's going for the easy thing, is often, you know, because it is easier. Right, but we are, I, we are it, talking it's about... It's more fun and it's it's better for you. Sure, but we are still talking about, like, you know, an actual queer person going to Eurovision with an actual song about, like, their own experiences, so... Yeah, this isn't, like, a straight guy with a guitar and this two isn't gay backing This is being like, hey, we also... You know, this isn't Krista Siegfried singing Marry Me and then having a, a, yeah. a same-sex kiss, which, you know... Obviously, that song has the subtext of it's about marriage and two women kiss at the end, so let's support same-sex marriage. That was an obvious statement. But it's different than Arise Like a Phoenix, which is very... I was just gonna... Yeah. Which is much more uh, the vein of what this is in, kind of. It's more the vein of what this is in, but this is more... Um... Like, it's wild to say that Rise of Like a Phoenix is subtle... But it's more subtle than this. I think... Now it, like, its message like, um, is... It, I'm thinking of where we are in, in, the, in the empowerment scale, if, if such a thing exists. Is there is a, there is a sense to, to Roi of, of accepting kind of um, that you aren't, but you're dreaming of. You right. aren't equal, but you're dreaming of it, or you're, you're not... You're not better, but you're kind of dreaming of it. Um, yeah, whereas it, what, what, what Arise Like a Phoenix was is, I am already above it. It was also, you've put me down, but it's also like, I am already getting better than whatever you like reduced me to. I am already over it. I'm, I'm yeah. growing. I'm... It's, I'm wearing it's a not, golden gown. Listen, it's, it's, a, it's a thank you for hurting me song in a way. God... Is there going to be a thank you for hurting me song this year that you know of? Maybe, yet? probably. I, I don't, um, from the top of my head, I don't think there's one explicitly. 
Did you leave my rant about thank you for hurting me songs in I'm the episode? I'm pretty sure it's in there. Um, okay. Or I cut some parts out, but... Because I know that was like a very long recording session and you must have cut a bunch of stuff out. Uh, there is a lot. Out. I'm not quite sure right now if it's actually in there. Anyway, I went on a big rant about how much I'm just over thank you for hurting me songs. Yeah. I I think the, the message of this is good and I think it's good that, you know, an actual queer person is singing it. I'm just ready for more radical stuff. Yeah, my, that, good point. I don't see this as being in any way controversial. No, this isn't controversial. This is just another queer kid singing a song about please accept me. Th that's not controversial. That's not kicking any shins. Of course, it's... By being a queer person in the public eye, you're already kicking sure, shins. Yeah. And you are, you and, know... And he's like wearing descent, a also. wig and you're, he's Moroccan. So that's already just being that is controversial, of course. But it's also not. You right, could you, go so much farther with it and have, actually achieve something. You have the power to, to own and tell your own narrative. Especially since he already has such a huge... Right, yeah, yeah. Audience built in. He could afford to be. It is he, right? Not they. It's. Yeah. Okay. Um, he could afford to be so much more radical with it. Yeah. No. Fair. Um, and that's always kind of a disappointment for me, even though I fucking support him. Absolutely, I, I, I and like I his message and his internal um, life and whatever. He's clearly having a lot of fun with it right now, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a YouTube star. Going to Eurovision is like so much media attention, sure, so much. But I'm, I'm I'm well beyond a point where like, I mean, queerness is not surprising to me, um, which is, I guess, I don't know if that's a shitty thing to say. But I'm at, I'm at the point where when I listen to this song, that is not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the fact that... Uh, the I have song some, is boring? No, I have some issues with the French and English usage. Sure. Um, Please elaborate. I think, and that might just have to do with the, the addition of riffing. Uh, uh, but, riffing. No, but there is that second verse um, that is... That has more French in it than the first verse. Uh, the first verse includes such wonderful lines as Je suis free. Oh, God. Which I don't like, but that's, you know. Um, and the second one has a whole paragraph in French that, for me, is the emotional crux of the song and works because it's in French. Can you if, give it to me real if quick? If he had switched um, languages there, it would have lost power. And the first time I heard this, I had a hard time at the start of every sentence discerning, like, is he going to do this sentence in French or in English? And I just found myself kind of struggling when I first heard it to get, like, No, yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing uh, when you don't know what language to listen in. Yeah, exactly. If, exactly. if you know multiple languages. And I know French and I know I, English. And... I, I have the weirdest thing... I don't know if you've ever done this, but like if you've ever like turned on the TV or started watching a video or something and you didn't know like what channel you opened. Sure. And I was 
listening for English, <laughs> but someone started speaking in Dutch. Yeah. But I was listening for English, so I was like, what is this alien tongue that this person while is it, while speaking? While it is your mother tongue. That while, it is, yeah, yeah. while it is my first language, um, I, I just could not recognize know it. the lyrics to that verse off the top of my head. No, yeah, so it's the part in the, in the second verse where he goes, On choisit son travail, sa coiffure, ses amis, sa routine, parfois l'amour aussi. Ça passe ou ça casse, mais ça regarde qui. So... We choose our jobs, our hairstyles, our friends, our routine. Sometimes we choose love too. It's make or break, but whose business is it? Basically, like sure, it happens. Wait, it happens. Let me read it in French. It happens or it breaks, but you know who's who's watching even. Yeah, and in part, I think there's there's a repetition there that um. Ça passe ou ça casse, mais yeah, that does like, has a good rhythm to on it. Choisit. Son travail, sa coiffure, ses amis. There's just like a, a rhythm, the, the summing up of things that you're all like, I, you know, this, is, a all, Alan this is all your choice. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's the part where I'm just like, yeah, this, this lands to me. That's the part that lands the most. But it, this is also the thing that is from the outsider's perspective. This is the outsider who doesn't understand the insiders. Right. That's what I was saying. That's the David Byrne thing of like, I don't understand how this is easy for other people. Sure. This, this is just another thing I choose. And I get to choose all these other things. So what's weird about... I thought everything yeah. was a choice. And now this isn't a choice. So why is this weird? Like that's the... That is like a really good... Yeah, it's like fucking crux to base a song around. And I love sometimes, sometimes love also. That's like we choose all these things, and sometimes we choose love. Wait, wait, being gay isn't a choice. <laughs> Shit, fuck. No, but like we choose yeah. who we fall in love. We like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 that. It's also I think the narrative of it's not a choice is pretty bad too. Oh for, yeah, yeah, yeah. For its own myriad of reasons. Um, but you're right. Yeah, but actually, don't let straight people know that. But though. actually, like looking at it the way you just said it, you're right. That is that is the one part of the song I think that is more about like how I me, actually feel. Me, we, me, we are group, or like everyone in general. We choose. We choose all these things. I choose how I look. I choose what I do, uh, and it might work or it might not. But then, who's watching and judging? Other than myself. Yeah. But it, that's it's... also the queer experience of then looking at your whole life and every action you do mm-hmm. and thinking, why does this matter? Why does it matter if I wear a dress or not? Yeah, but it's different than that, that first, um, in that first verse, the, the bridge leading up to the uh, chorus where he does say, you put me in a box, want me to be like you. God, this is very inside queer baseball. Huh? Gaseball. Gaseball. <laughs> but? No, like, this whole episode is very, yeah. like, I wouldn't send this to a straight person because then they would be like, see, even the gays don't agree with each other. Yeah, like, see, no, fuck off. It's all of that. We're just like, well, listen, I like to dissect everything. Um, not to, not to to make it, therefore, invalid or make it non-existing yeah i don't want to make it fucking sound like i don't think this dude should exist no absolutely not i think it's great um and there's a certain 
power to his persona that is very strong that carries a lot of this song as well um and it makes you think like well is is the song strong enough to be without that no so how much is 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 the person bilal part of that act but you're at eurovision but where that is a always YouTube going to be. Star. right but you know not everyone speaks the french no these are all questions that i don't think anyone has a, a definite answer to if you do Please let us know on our Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is at Eurodivision. Send, uh, send this episode to your friends and, and tell them, boy, it sure is Eurovision time. Um, <laughs> and tune in for um, whatever episode comes next when we talk about the next song in this wonderful contest that we call the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. Is Belarus out yet? Belarus is not out yet. They are having uh, a national selection, and I don't know when that is. Is... Ukraine is out. No. Right? No. Uh, at this time, no. Are the Netherlands... No. Did they have one? No, okay. I'm going to let you keep guessing songs and uh, guessing countries until you get one that, like, has Does a Sweden out. have one? No. no. Um, Iceland. No. No. Next uh, week. Next week. Come on, maybe you got it. Slovakia. <laughs> Slovakia has not been in the contest for nine years. Please. Oh, my God. You do this every year. Every year you ask me, can we listen to Slovakia's song? And I'm like, I wish we could. Slovenia? Slovenia's out. Ah, yes. (laughs) That's the next one. True, if that's what you want. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tune in next time for... uh, Tune in like this is a radio? What? Uh, Listen to the next episode uh, of Eurovision Division where we'll talk about uh, another song in this year's wonderful contest. We hope to see you then. Uh, Thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Good night, Europe. That's how we end it.